the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satara Advisor Networks, LLC. A broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC. Satara is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satara Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is a marketing assistant of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and is associated with Satara Advisor Networks, LLC. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Why, it certainly is. Welcome once again to another edition of the Larry Rosenthal Show. And here today with us, we have once again, Dina Arnett. It's two weeks in a row. What are you going to do? Always good to have you here. It's exciting. (laughs) Good stuff. <laughs> it's great to be here. It's been a weird week here on the East Coast. We had the the impact of the Canadian wildfires coming down the East Coast. Mm-hmm. I woke up, what was it, Thursday morning? My house smelled like smoke. Oh. And the sky was hazy and the sun was this big orange ball just kind of peering through a haze. <laughs> it's all gone now. Movie, but it, it but it was it was a weird kind of thing to experience, and I and I know that um, folks further up the coast in New York and New England are still struggling with that. Never had anything like that. Rather a strange non financial occurrence this week. <laughs> It doesn't even affect the markets, right? Or everything affects the markets. Forget that. Everything affects the markets. Um, it, I could go into a tirade on that, but I won't. Um, did you know that as of Thursday's close, the S&P 500 index is now 20% above its October lows, and that kicks off a bull market? That's awesome. Well, it is awesome if it, if, if it can hold. That's that's always the question. You've still got the, the recession prognosticators saying, oh, no, a recession's coming. Some say late this year. Some say early next year. And as I've told you before, of course, recession's coming. 
the economy either contracts or expands. And right now we're in a period of contraction. And I, and it's, it's sort of a global contraction. And I'll talk about that just in a minute. But first, let's, let's talk about the markets. It, it was another nice week. This was our fourth consecutive positive week in the U.S. markets. We are now at levels that we haven't seen in almost a year. The last time the markets were at this level, it was August last year. So the Dow was up about a third of a percent this week. The Dow closed Friday at 33,876. That's up 2.2% for the year. The S&P grew by 0.39% this week, just a smidge. It's up just shy of 12% for the year. The NASDAQ still the big winner for 2023 so far. The tech heavy index was up just slightly, still up 26 and two thirds percent for the year. The yield on the 10 year U.S. Treasury rose to 3.76. And what we discussed last week is that when you see Treasury yields go up, that means Treasury prices are falling because investors are taking their money out of that safe Treasury spot and going into the stock market. A barrel of West Texas Intermediate crude oil rose a little bit. It's at 71.10 a barrel. And volatility, we always talk about this, the, the VIX actually extended its decline to 13.65. For reference, when volatility was at its worst in this past cycle, the VIX was actually over 30. So when the VIX goes down, that means the roller coaster ride has calmed down a little bit. You're on that last hill kind of fading out there, yeah. Well, you're you're kind of at the if you if you can use the roller coaster analogy, you've already done the big declines, you've already done the loop de loops, and now you're just <laughs> coasting in towards the end of the ride, except this ride never stops. Yeah. Well what can you do? Now if if we look at what's happening around the world, and, and we have to, okay, we're no longer in the era of, of the U.S. economy as its own silo. Everything is, is sort of related. And as you may know, the Federal Reserve here in the United States is meeting next week. And up until recently, Fed officials really led us to believe that this month they would take a pause in their rate hikes and then maybe have one more rate hike at the July meeting before going on hold. But we had some surprises from the Reserve Bank of Australia and the Bank of Canada this week. Both of those central banks increased rates in their respective countries and what that did for us here in the United States. It increased the odds that the Fed may actually nudge rates a little bit higher when they meet next week. I don't expect anything big from the Fed when they meet next week. I think if they do raise rates, which is just a question mark at this point, I think if they do raise rates, it's another quarter point. And even that is the minority view. Futures markets give it about a one in three chance of the Fed actually raising rates next week. They have been very, very reluctant to do anything that will shock the markets. Um, they learned that lesson in 2008, but thankfully they've got tools at their disposal 
that will keep from surprising investors. Uh, just like last July, I don't know if you remember this, Chris, but last July there was a very well-timed leak to the Wall Street Journal just <laughs> ahead of a Fed meeting. Yeah, and that leak warned that the Fed was going to give us a larger than expected rate hike. And sure enough, in that meeting last July, they raised rates three quarters of a percent. So the Fed is well aware of their actions and how they affect the markets, how they affect investor and consumer sentiment. So they're being very, very careful with their steps. I think probably next week is a pause. And then when they meet again at the end of July, perhaps we get our very last rate hike for this cycle. Write it down at the end of July. We'll see if I'm right. There you go. All right, we'll be listening and finding out if that's going to be the correct uh, scenario. 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. If you'd like to talk to Dina Arnett, who is live here with us in studio today. So I'm talking about global things because what happens in one country tends to domino around the world. And one of the countries that we watch closest is China. China's the number two economy in terms of size, and Chinese exports actually dropped seven and a half percent year over year in May. That means this May versus last May, and that was a far worse reading than expected. And their imports fell four and a half percent from the same time frame. The Wall Street Journal told us that in April, China's share of U.S. goods imported fell to their lowest level since 2006. So if you're looking at recessionary signals, that's pretty recessionary if you're in China. The World Bank looks at all of this in total, and economists at the World Bank have actually upped their 2023 global GDP outlook to 2.1%. Earlier this year, they were saying only 1.7%. So that is an improvement, but that is still a, a pretty big slowdown from the 3.1% we saw in 2022. They cut their 2024 outlook to 2.4%. Even though major economies have been really a lot tougher than expected this year, the higher interest rates and tighter credit may take a toll on growth in 2024. So if you're on recession outlook, that, that, that yeah, projection, we'll call it, that projection lands sort of in that recessionary column. Didn't Saudi you say is that's going to be a short one, likely, if it's going to happen at all? Most recession watchers, economists, strategists, market analysts, they say that when the recession comes, because we've been so resilient, because the economy has held up so well in this tightening cycle, they expect the recession to be what they call short and shallow. Mm -hmm. If I look at recessions over history, and I was studying that this week. The absolute shortest recession in history was the COVID recession. They, they marked that one at two months. For comparison's sake, the recession we saw in the global financial crisis back in 2008, 2009, oh. that recession was 18 months. That one was brutal. Yeah. We don't expect anything like that in the next recession. If, if it plays the averages, an average recession is about 12 months. So if we, get, if we get short and shallow, perhaps it is shorter than even the average. Yeah. We won't know till we get there, unfortunately. 
I think things have really slowed down in the housing market, it seems, with the interest rates going so high and people are having a little trouble even thinking about buying it, or if they do buy something, it's smaller, right? Well, it's it's a mixed bag, Chris. If if you're looking at the housing sector here on the East Coast in the D.C. metro area, houses, we, we don't have quite the supply of available houses for sale that we once had. So that's keeping prices elevated. And when when potential buyers are looking for houses, they're moving quickly on it. We're still in the D.C. metro area seeing houses move in a lot of cases in less than a week. Well, so, so, so that's the case here. And I actually yesterday spoke with some clients on the West Coast. It's a similar case out there as well. It seems to be that, that there are pockets where we're seeing housing prices drop, we're seeing demand drop. And that's more logical. That's more what we expect when we see interest rates go up from 3% to over 6 Yeah. But there are still certain areas where that has not slowed it down. Um, in, I, I know most about the area where we are, which is the D.C. metro area. And here, what we're seeing isn't a drop in prices, we're seeing stricter terms. Mm. When the housing market was at its hottest here, people would waive inspections, they would waive contingencies, they would waive all these different things just to get the house. Yeah. And now people want the inspection. They want the house to appraise at whatever level they're offering. So those things are coming back on the table as buyers negotiate terms for their new homes. Larry always says uh, you're you're married to your mortgage, but you're not only dating your interest rate, which I think is a pretty pretty astute to comment. Well, hopefully you married the interest rate too, because if you were in an adjustable uh, rate loan coming into this period of time, the adjustments have been very very brutal. Yeah, very painful with the interest rates going mm -hmm. up. But if you got in there at that two percent kind of a thing, and and there are a handful of them out there. Yeah. Eight five five seven six seven three one two three eight five five rose one two three. Take a minute here to talk about that exciting webinar coming up. That's right, and that is this week. Um, this uh, is it. Wednesday is it Thursday? I think it's Wednesday, June fifteenth. Larry is doing a a webinar on beneficiary IRA and estate planning. And most of the time, when we do these webinars, you hear directly from Larry Rosenthal his, himself. But this time, we've got a very special treat. We've got two practicing estate attorneys, Mary Lawrence and Molly Garrett from Northern Virginia's Schoenbach Family Law Firm. They're going to be here explaining how the SECURE Act and SECURE Act 2.0 affects beneficiary planning, especially when it comes to your retirement accounts. They're going to give a legislative update on all of that. They're going to talk about strategies to pass these assets to your heirs, to your beneficiaries, to charities, and that's going to simplify the basics of estate planning for you. So if that is a concern for you, if that's something that you want to learn about, I encourage you to go ahead, go to RosenthalWealthManagement.com, Click that education and events link at the top of the page. That will take you to our seminar page so that you can register. The program's going to be available at 12 noon Eastern and again at 6 p.m. Eastern on June 15th. Yep, that is a Thursday and it's just around the corner. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you can scan that QR code right there on your screen. 
that will help you to register for that webinar. Again, June the 15th, noon and 6, right? In fact, That's we're going right. to give you a little noon bit of a tidbit uh, on how that actually looks uh, and the webinar actually goes here right, right now with uh, Larry Rosenthal. And we'll be back here in just a moment. And we see this a lot. We don't see anybody quarterbacking things. And a lot of times it's the financial advisor right here in the middle that really quarterbacks, you know, coordinates your taxes with the CPA firm, your your estate planning with the with the attorney, the insurance. A lot of times financial advisors will do taxes and insurance sometimes together. Um, legacy planning. How do you want to to leave your assets? Remember, your assets when you are done and you get relocated. In other words, when you go to heaven, right? You don't take your assets with you, but where are they going to go? And how are they going to go? They're going to go to your heirs, to your charities, and sometimes to the IRS. And a lot of people want to minimize the exposure that goes to the IRS. Big, big financial blind spot. Investment strategies, not only today, but maybe for kids or grandkids. How are you going to transfer that information, your lifetime of investing that knowledge to them? Financial planning, multi-generational planning. Oftentimes, we find this as a big blind spot, and it's usually the financial advisor, the, the wealth manager, who is quarterbacking all of these different areas together. Talk about a lot of knowledge, huh? Be able to get a lot That's of right. I love that. I absolutely love the notion of financial advisor as quarterback. As, as the financial planner, I don't have the expertise in every single aspect. For example, I want to bring in a CPA to discuss tax planning with my clients. I, I can do tax projections, but the in-the-weeds, bean-counting, nitty-gritty of tax projections, that's the purview of a CPA. And just like this, the seminar that we're having next Thursday, I want to bring in an attorney to put together an effective estate plan for my clients. So often, clients will say, hey, I need to get a will, I need to get a trust, I need to get a power of attorney. And they don't understand that estate planning isn't just document prep. So many times people will say, yeah, I went, I got a, you know, I got my, I call it will in a bag that you can go get at Office Depot, or even now you can get them online and just write them up yourself. Estate planning is so much more than that. Just like financial planning, that is a living, breathing exercise instead of a one-time event, so is estate planning. Mm -hmm. Congress is changing laws every single year, and those law changes can affect your estate plan. When you work with an estate planning attorney to develop the plan, it's important that you review that plan regularly. It's important that you have a mechanism to introduce the people in the plan to the plan. So what do I mean by that? Well, if you have a will or you have a trust, you have designated at least one executor, 
and at least one trustee. If you have a power of attorney, you've got a primary power of attorney. And if you've done it well, you've got a backup. You may even have a backup to the backup. <laughs> Those people need to know that they're in your legal documents. So if you've got a, a good estate planning attorney, you've got a good estate planning coach on your side, they can bring those people in, train them, tell them what to expect so that when the time comes and they have to step in and execute your wishes, they know what to do. Oh, yeah. So you put the three of us together, you put together a financial planner with the CPA doing tax planning, the estate planner doing estate planning, and the financial planner coordinates all of it. My one client calls that her financial dream team. There you go. Yep. Yes. So I, I love that spot with Larry talking about the financial planner as quarterback, because truly that's a chunk of what we do. Yeah. Yeah. With a team like that, the Washington football league doesn't even have a chance, right? That's right. And, and lately, yeah. you, you know, I, if I can catch the ball, I can run it. <laughs> you could be on the team. 855-767-3123 is the number to call 855-ROSE-123. We're we will not test the, that theory, we, okay? What was that? We will not test that theory. <laughs> you kind of fun. Come on. <laughs> no. <laughs> Any more than you're going to see me rappelling down the side of a building. No. Yeah, I kind of I decided that probably wasn't for me. That Bob is the only one here in the group that's going <laughs> to do that. Oh, Bob's going to do that. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about today? You know, one of the biggest topics that comes across my desk in my email inbox, in my voicemail, is annuities. There are some very, very strong opinions in the marketplace about annuities. There are those that say, never, ever buy an annuity, they're bad. There are those that say, you should have everything you own in an annuity. And then there's the rest of us smack in the middle on the whole thing. So I think it's important today to talk about where annuities may fit in a financial plan. But even, even before that, let's talk about the types of annuities and what they are and what they aren't. That's important to understand before you can make a judgment on whether it works for you. They work for some people and for others not. So in the, in the broad category of annuities, we've got fixed annuities, we've got variable annuities, and we've got these little hybrid annuities in the middle called equity indexed annuities. So if you think of this on a spectrum in terms of risk, the fixed annuity is on the very lowest end of the risk spectrum. I liken a fixed annuity to a CD at the bank. I put money in to the fixed annuity. I am guaranteed a certain interest rate. And then at the end of that period of time, I can decide whether to keep the money there and accept whatever the new rate is, or I can take that money and I can put it elsewhere. So the annuity, a fixed annuity is nothing more than that. I put in $100,000, I get 4%. At the end of a year, I've got 4% more than I started with. And they'll give you terms on it. And one thing about annuities, whether it's fixed, whether it's equity indexed, whether it's variable, you're locking your money in for a period of time. And on those products, if you elect to take your money out before that period of time is over, most likely you're going to have some sort of penalty that you have to pay. So one of the downsides of an annuity 
any variety is a loss of liquidity for a period of time. So you need to understand that. That's in the potentially negative column for an annuity. Not always, but potentially you need to be aware of that. Well, aren't they kind of designed to be sort of a source of incremental income over time? Possibly. Or however, I guess you need to use them. It depends on it's your annuity, right? Well, so annuities were originally created for tax deferral. Annuities were, were created so that investors had a place to put money, invest the money, earn interest, earn dividends, earn capital gains, but not owe taxes on them in the here and now. So it, it, an annuity is actually created by an insurance company according to IRS regulation, and it first and foremost was created for this tax deferral idea. Originally, very high income earners really, really liked these because they could invest uh, within certain limits inside the confines of this annuity and not worry about the tax implications. Okay. So that was, that was iteration number one. Iteration number two came along when people started flooding money into retirement plans, 401ks, 403bs, government thrift savings plan, et cetera, et cetera. And when they would leave their employers, when they would retire, they would look for more secure places to put the money. And some investors found that annuities provided that. So they bypassed the need for tax deferral because that money was already tax deferred to begin with. There's no such thing as double tax deferral. Okay. But they said, you know what, I, I like the benefits. I like the security and I'm, and I'm doing air quotes around security. I like the security of that. So yeah. Um, sometimes for income that, that came a little bit later in the evolution. Okay. Fixed annuities, just remember, they act a lot like CDs at the bank, but if you have to withdraw money before the term is up, you will pay a penalty. Mm -hmm. Okay, most fixed annuities do not have any overt obvious fees that you pay. Okay, um, I will tell you, there is no financial product out there that is truly free. Even though there's not an express stated fee in the contract, you are paying for that contract. If prevailing interest rates are 5% and your annuity is paying 4%, guess what you just paid? Mm. 1%. Yeah. Fair enough? Well, it is what it is. Um, well, it is. It's, it's the simplest of the annuities. So we can shelve that when we understand that it works an awful lot like a CD. Done. Then we've got the variable annuity. The variable annuity is a different critter. It's still got the tax deferral if you need it, but within the, the wrapper, within the, the packaging of the variable annuity, you will have mutual fund subaccounts. And those mutual fund subaccounts, how whichever ones you pick, the, the asset allocation that you pick within that, within that variable annuity wrapper, that asset allocation will determine the rate of return that you get. So I've just gone from a guaranteed product with a guaranteed return all the way to the other end of the risk spectrum to a non-guaranteed product with a non-guaranteed return. Yeah. Sort of like your 401k plan, right? Yeah, but don't they have writers and things like that that kind of help you along with that risk? You're getting ahead of me. What's that? Oh, sorry. You're getting ahead of me. 
I just you're, you're stealing my thunder. Reel it in, dude. Coming back, coming back. <laughs> Within the the wrapper of this variable annuity, you may have an opportunity to buy some different endorsements. Yeah. An endorsement is a contract provision that provides some sort of desirable benefit. So, for example, most annuities have an already built-in death benefit that says if you die, your beneficiary will get the greater of all premiums paid, so the money you put in it, or the market value minus any withdrawals, whichever's bigger. So that's an endorsement that is already on most annuities, okay? You don't have to pick it. You don't have to pay extra for it. But then there's always more, right? But then you may decide, hey, I would like to add a little sweetener to this. You may add what's called a, an, a, um, a, a stepped up death benefit. You may add an income benefit. Okay, and that's what Chris was talking about. There are endorsements that you can put on these variable annuities that will allow you to capture market upswings. Okay, they call those step ups. If you put in, and I'm just going to use $100,000 as a baseline number because I can do that math in my head very easily. Mm -hmm. So if I put in $100,000 and in the first year at some point during the year, I've made 10%. How many of us have ever seen our investments go up by 10%? We get really excited, and then the market pulls back, and, well, we lose some of it. Within the, the structure of the variable annuity, sometimes you have the ability to buy an endorsement. It's called a rider. You have the ability to buy this endorsement, which allows you to capture that 10% upside for purposes of generating income. This is where the annuity world gets so complicated because if you have purchased an annuity that has an income writer, you have now, at least on paper, bought yourself two separate things. On the one side, you have bought something that acts like your 401k plan. I'm picking investments. I'm watching the market movement. Some days it's up. Some days it's down. Hopefully over time it's up. But on the other side of the paper, we've bought this, for lack of a better word, it's a calculation. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if I've put my $100,000 in and I've purchased this income writer, when I get my statements every quarter, every month, how, however often they come in, I'm going to have an income benefit calculation. If my contract has promised a 5% income benefit guarantee, that $100,000 is guaranteed to go up on the income side of the ledger by 5% a year. So at the end of my first contract year, my $100,000 will say $105,000 at least. If the market's done better than that, it'll say whatever the better is, okay? On the income side of the ledger, as long as you're accumulating, that number cannot go down. Okay, what this does is it enables you to create an income stream at some future point. 
we're not doing this on the front end. We're, we're doing this for purposes of letting it sit there and letting it grow over time. And at some point in the future, on the income side of the ledger, that $100,000 is at some number bigger than that. You will at some point say, I need to take this bucket of money and I need to create a paycheck for myself. The annuity company will then look at the market value on the account. They will look at the calculation on the income side of the account, and they will determine your income based on whichever of those numbers is larger. The question comes to my mind is taxes. What, how does that play in here with regard to annuity? It depends. If it is an annuity that is purchased with pre-tax retirement money, so let's say you took a part of your 401k and you transferred it into this. The IRA rules still apply. Every dollar that comes out is going to be taxable. However, if you have taken just brokerage account money, it's not a 401k, it's not a Roth IRA, it's just money that you had. Let's make it even simpler than that. It's money you had sitting in the savings account in a bank. It's taxed differently. Any earnings that come out of an annuity under that circumstance, they will be taxed at ordinary income tax rates. Oh. There's no capital gains break on what we call a non-qualified annuity. Every dollar comes out at your effective tax bracket. So when you say that, you say non-qualified annuity, it makes me kind of think, well, then there is probably a, something you can put inside your IRA that's also an annuity. Is that, am I wrong about that or? No, not at all. Not at all. If I've got an IRA and I want to protect some of that money and guarantee an income stream off that money, no matter what the market does, I may take some of that IRA money and I may move it into the variable annuity. So I clearly just did something with my camera. <laughs> you use it. It's one of those cameras where you, you, you use your fingers, you can zoom out. Wow. Wow, the mystery is gone. Now you get to see my messy you office. Zooming yourself back in there. We'll take a quick break. 855-767-3123 is the number to call. That's 855-ROSE123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show with Dina Arnett today. We will be back with more in just a moment. Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's 
thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. Mark down August 26th on your calendar. Larry Rosenthal will once again repel 14 stories down the Hyatt Regency Tyson's Corner Center and go over the edge with Holistic Haitian Alliance, formerly known as Helping Haitian Angels. To learn how you can help, go to HolisticHaitianAngels.org. That's HolisticHaitianAngels.org. I see Bob with a smile on his face. He's really excited about uh, about doing this, uh, jumping off their Hyatt Regency. Uh, Doing his thing, right? Oops, I got you muted there for a sec. Now we got you. There you you got me muted. I can hear you. Well, you Very know, we didn't good. want you to, to scream too much about your camera during the break there. <laughs> well, you know, I, I am not a tech person, and I've got one of those those cameras that operates on gestures. <laughs> and there's a way to lock it, and I had forgotten to lock it. So I gestured, and my camera said, oh, she wants me to zoom out. <laughs> That was fun. I like that. I did not enjoy that. (laughs) It is what it is. But hey, Bob, if you'll rappel down the building, I'll do it too. Whoa. I think he's on the phone at the moment. So he's uh, either that or he's conveniently ignoring us. One of the two. I think he's ignoring us. (laughs) 855-767-3123 is that number to call. 855-ROSE-123. Looks like we do have Michael on the phone with us. Hello, Michael. How are you? And what's your question here? You're calling from California, right? Yes, it is, Central Coast. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, good to have you. It is way too early for you to be up, Michael. It's a Saturday. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, well, it's good information to have. That's the reason why. Very good. Well, what can I do for you today? Uh, thank you. My question is this. I'm getting ready to retire in the near future in approximately four months, and I work for the state of California. I accumulated some time on the book with refer to and it's going to be approximately $100,000. I don't need that money. That money is going to be given to me in a check. Um, what are my options? Because I would like to invest it back in somewhere. Sure, sure. And is this is this leave payout that you're getting? You accumulated vacation time, and now they're paying it out to you? That is correct. That's a lot of accumulated leave. Good for you. Um, I, I don't believe you have the ability to roll that into a retirement plan, but it's worth asking if you can. I, I, I doubt that you can, but it's good to ask the question. The second thing I would recommend you do, and you're going to have to work quickly on this since you're retiring in four weeks, get some tax estimates done, get with the CPA, tell them what you're expecting to be paid out. They're going to look at the income you've earned so far this year. They're going to look at the income you expect to earn the rest of the year. And then they're going to take into account this $100,000 leave payout. And they're going to advise you on tax withholding on that chunk of the money. You will have to file a form W-4 to to tell your employer how much tax you want withheld from that. Sometimes they withhold way too much and then you're stuck waiting until you file taxes next year to get it back. And sometimes they don't withhold enough. And then when tax time comes the following year, you get a really shocking tax bill, plus some penalties for under withholding. So I think getting to the CPA first really quickly 
is important to make sure that that piece of this is taken care of. So assuming all of that is taken care of, and now you've got this chunk of money to do something with, the world is your oyster. You can invest that in anything you wish. You can, okay. you can put it into a brokerage account. You can buy stocks, ETFs, mutual funds, bonds, CDs, structured notes. There's really, there's no end to what you can put that money in. But Michael, what I would suggest you do is engage a financial planner, do your overall family financial plan, find out what the needs, what the stressors are in that plan. We've all got blind spots that need to be addressed. And in a financial plan, we can look at those blind spots, we can model them out, we can do this really neat statistical analysis called a Monte Carlo that allows us to assess probability of success. And we can use these different metrics to help hone in on an investment or group of investments that will help advance your family's financial plan, whatever those goals, whatever those objectives look like for you. Sounds great. Thank you. I appreciate the information and have a good day. And you as well. Thank you so much for calling. Take care, Michael. Uh, if you'd like to call, it's 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123. And while we're on the subject, make sure that you sign up for that webinar, which is just That's around right. the corner. Next Thursday, Larry's going to be doing a webinar with two practicing estate attorneys. This is your opportunity to understand very, very clearly how beneficiary planning, especially on retirement plans, has changed with the SECURE Act and SECURE Act 2.0. You will actually be able to ask questions to these two practicing estate attorneys. It is a wonderful opportunity. It's no cost to you. You can go to the uh, RosenthalWealthManagement.com. You can scan the QR code on the screen if you're watching us on YouTube. And there's also, if you're watching us on YouTube, there's actually a little link to register and if you're not comfortable with the technology give us a call we'll get you registered by phone 855-767-3123 is that phone number to call also 855-ROSE-123 and you know what one of the neat things about the technology that we have with the show now if you don't feel like calling in you can actually type questions to us on the web and they pop up on my screen and I've got a couple of questions on my screen right now, Chris. Okay. Go yeah. Yeah. Um, Claudia has, has written in and she's asked a handful of questions here. Claudia says, do your financial planners provide meetings with a lawyer, CPA, financial planner and client? Absolutely. We do. That is a, a regular thing to sit down and, and again, to Larry's word, to quarterback the entire financial plan. Our clients have regularly asked us to either meet in person here in the office or to get on a zoom or get on a phone call with their other professionals. It's part of what we do and we're happy to do it. And Claudia also said, Hey, when can I start drawing from a variable annuity? Very, very good question. Drawing from the variable annuity is, is I have a couple of answers to that, Claudia. Answer number one is that it depends on the terms of your contract. When a person buys an annuity, whether it's fixed, equity, indexed, or variable, you're signing a contract with an insurance company. And that contract determines the terms. 
Sometimes we see annuities that have a four-year period of time where you have to stay put before you do anything. Sometimes it's seven. I have seen them longer than that. Okay, so first thing is to understand the terms of the annuity. Assuming that you have met those terms, sometimes annuity companies will say, okay, you can start drawing any time once you pass this certain date. Some annuity companies will say, okay, if you want to exercise the income benefit, you have to do it in conjunction with a contract anniversary. The contract anniversary is the day that you opened the account and put the money in. So if your contract anniversary is January 1, 2000, and now it's January 1, 2023, that's your contract anniversary. So again, it all goes back to the terms of the annuity contract. The advisor who sells the annuity contract to you should explain all of these things to you up front. Don't ever put your money in something you don't understand. Don't ever put your money in something like that that you're not going to have ongoing service with because they are complicated critters. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, Eight, hopefully that helps. 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE123. We've got Keto on the line from Virginia with a question for you. Go ahead, Keto. What's your question for Dina? Yeah, I just want to find out um, about the estate planning event that you guys mentioned. Like, where is Absolutely. That oh, it's it's a webinar. Um, you can actually, when you register online, you'll get a link from us, and uh, you will use that link to to join in via Zoom. And how do I do the registration? Is it is that like a website I go to, or? Absolutely. You can go to RosenthalWealthManagement.com, and in the upper right, you will see a link for education and seminars, and you'll click that link, and then you will see where to go register for the seminar. It's actually online. You don't even have to leave your home. Okay. Is is, there a fee for this, or? I'm sorry? No, it's free charge. Is is there a cost? No, not at all. Not at all. We just ask that you register um, uh, so that, you know, we've got a limited number of spaces on the webinar. So we need do need people to register. All right. Thank you very much. Looking Thank you. To Hope to see you there. All right. Take care, Keto. Thank 855-767-3123 is the number to call. That's 855-ROSE123. Looks like we have Daniel on the line calling from the D.C. area. Here. Go ahead, Daniel. I was telling your colleague, you know, that uh, right now I've been in retirement as of this year, 10 years. Mark down August 26th. Are you you talking to me? Sorry. I'm sorry. We're having a technical technical morning. Start over, please, Daniel. Well, uh, as I said when, uh, when, when they answered the phone, I have a I have an inactive TSP and I want to re 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 uh you know reactivate it, but uh, I've been out of uh I've been into retirement since 2013, and mm-hmm. I I don't know uh, you know I need some more uh, income so I don't know what to do whether to take it and leave it in TSP or put it in a Roth or you know try some other uh, 
vehicles, you know, that can help me because my, uh, my expenses are going up really sky high now. Absolutely, they are. We've got inflation higher than it was since Reagan's been president. So, so yeah, yeah I, I hear you, Daniel. I hear you. And this is, this is one of our specialties here at Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Not only do we help clients accumulate money during their working years, but when retirement comes, or in your case, Daniel, when you've been in retirement for a good long time and not had to use those accumulated dollars, then we teach you how to turn that into income. And there's there's no there's no 100% right answer for everybody, Daniel. It's really situation dependent. But I will uh, address a couple of things that you said. The first one, you, you mentioned, hey, I don't know if I should put it into a Roth. That may be a good idea for you. I, I don't think so, though, based on what you just told me. And here's why. If you take your TSP money and you convert it to Roth IRA, two things are going to happen to you. The first thing that's going to happen to you is that TSP money is going to be taxable to you. So you're going to get a 1099R that shows however much of that TSP you put into Roth, you now owe taxes on. That will create a tax bill for you that it doesn't sound like you want to pay. The second thing it's going to do, and this is the more important piece of this for you, Daniel, if you do that, you have now locked that money down for five years. We haven't turned it into income. We've just paid the taxes on it and locked it down for five years. That does not seem appropriate to me based on the question you're asking. What needs to happen for you is we need to assess your desire and ability to withstand risk, okay, because that determines investments. And then we have to assess your need for liquidity. How much money does this TSP need to kick out for you every single month until God calls you home? And then how do we account for cost of living adjustments all along the way? And to answer all of those questions for you, we've got to go in and we've got to understand the rest of your financial situation. That's exactly what we do here, Daniel. So, so rather than give you the, the whole ins and outs of all of it in the limited time we have here on the show, let's put you on hold. Let's have, have Bob get some of your information and we'll contact you this week to start that process of figuring out what's going to work best, whether it's leaving TSP where it is and starting to withdraw money directly from TSP or whether it is using some other strategy, perhaps to generate some guaranteed income for you. How does that sound? Hello. Daniel, how does that sound? Say again. I was just, we were going to ask you, we're going to put you on hold here, Dan, Daniel, and somebody's going to get some more information from you, okay? Well, can I get uh, Rose to uh, answer one more question? Sure, so we'll call, I think her name's on. Dina, but we'll, we'll try that. Go ahead. <laughs> you can call me Rose. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I, uh, it's all good. Rose, I didn't really want to give you a name that's not your name. <laughs> it's okay. my career I used technical writing I either, I learned it on my own by going to night school but I, I really was uh, you know electronic engineer but uh, that's that's going that's neither here nor there but one thing I, I, I plead with everybody is uh, do you have any way of uh, recommending a 
you know, a glossary or some some way as a resource, so that when you use these terms, you know, and you, and nobody knows, and you speak them in a sentence so fast, it, it makes it difficult to understand the, the real uh, subject and the uh, verb of the sentences that you speak of when you speak. So okay. uh, the big thing that comes up with me is if I could look at you know the uh, glossary of terms. I can learn them, learn what they really mean today. Uh, you know what? Yeah. That's a great question, Daniel. And thank you for that. There are so many resources online that that provide this. And one of the one of the most comprehensive I found is actually a website called Investopedia. You can go to Investopedia.com. You can type in any financial term you want, and you're going to get a very clear explanation of that term. And a lot of times, even some examples, some real life examples of how that term or how that concept is used in financial planning, financial management, and investing. So investopedia.com. Daniel, hang on just just a minute. We need to take a couple of more calls here. We appreciate you uh, calling us. 855-767-3123 numbers is the number to call. Kind of short on time here, Dana, but let's grab uh, Samantha here from Virginia. Samantha, what is your question here for Dana? Good morning. I am a 53-year-old divorced mother of two middle school children. My God bless is, you. What, thank you. Thank you. I am older. My question is, how do I maximize the probability of leaving the vast majority of my net worth to my children? Uh, currently, I am worth $1.3 million, but I have zero job security. I work an hourly contractor position. I pay out-of-pocket for Obamacare. So my greatest concern is I have zero job security. Wow. Okay. This is high and deep, Samantha. We may not have time to hit all the points while we're on the air here, but let me let me give you some high points, and then I'm going to put you on hold, Okay. Thing number one, um, make sure that you have a very, very beefed up emergency fund. And I'm not talking retirement plans, IRAs, Roth IRAs. I'm talking money in the bank. Perhaps some of it's in a checking account, some of it's in a savings account, some of it's in a money market, some of it's in CDs, okay? But you want to have cash on hand so that if your contract expires and it's not renewed, you've got time to figure out your next move. I would say at least 50000 if not more, just in a cash position in the bank, liquid that you can get your hands on. Not exposed to the market, principal protected. The next thing is... For your children, make sure that you have met with a competent estate planning attorney, not somebody who just does documents, okay? We can all do documents. We can go online and do those. You want an estate planning attorney who's going to listen to you, hear your situation, understand it, and advise you the best way to plan for who are currently minor children, but who hopefully you will live long enough to see them grow up and have families of their own. Your financial plan needs to grow with your kids. Stand by. I will talk to you more when we're off the air. 
All right. Well, thanks for being here again, Dana. We're out of time. Wow. It goes so fast. It does go so fast. Appreciate you listening today to the Larry Rosenthal Show with Dana Arnett. Make sure that you register for that webinar. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you again next time on another edition of the Larry Rosenthal Show. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.